Hello and welcome to the Modernizing Operating Models podcast, where we unpack topics of organization design from the front line. In this episode, we will be joined by a guest who will share why a collaborative method to change the way the business operates was exactly what was needed. We will cover what the journey for this business leader looked like, how it was to shift from relying on industry benchmarks and best practices to navigating the unknown and becoming unique as a business. What were the challenges? What were the advantages in this particular case? Tune in to hear more about it from our guest and genuinely one of the best leaders I collaborated with, Liz. All right, let's dive in. Welcome, Liz. Welcome to our podcast. Very excited to have this conversation. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like we we, um, we went from seeing each other nearly like a few times a week, then all of a sudden nothing because our project finished. And now it's uh, it's really nice to see you again. Yeah, um, I, think I saw you more than some of my own family at certain points. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so, so to the audience, it, it, this, this makes it very clear that um, Liz uh, has been collaborating with On The Mark. Uh, which is why we're having this conversation to really go a bit deeper in understanding um, what your journey has been in, in your organization, uh, which is a, a global publisher. Um, perhaps you can give us a little bit of a background on what your role is in that organization and also what drove you to, to sort of say, listen, we need to change our operating model in a, in a different way that we've done before. Yeah, great. Thanks, Anissa. Um, so I'm senior vice president of a large publishing organization and I'm responsible for a number of uh, different areas within that. So we look after editorial aspects of the publications that we run. We're in academic publishing, um, mostly journals. I look after some of the operational aspects, but not all of them and look after major client relationships as well. Uh, there's more to it than that, but that's the broad nutshell. What do we publish? Why do we publish it? And who do we help publish in the process? Um, it's about 800 people in total. Uh, we are spread globally with large bases in the US, in the UK, in Germany, in China, and then smaller groups in Australia, Japan, and various other parts of, of mainland Europe as well. And the reason we embarked on this process was because I took over this team around about two years ago now, a little over two years ago. And I'd worked in the organization for quite a long time. And I had certain uh, thoughts about the way that this part of the organization operated, but I hadn't been in it for quite some years. Mm. So I wanted to understand it more deeply. We were always committed to some of our core strengths, like how we work with these external partners that we're heavily engaged with and have been forever but our industry was going through an awful lot of disruptive change. And it was unclear to me that we were looking after as best as we possibly could against this backdrop of significant change, the needs of the partners that we were working for and the individual needs of people that we are publishing for all the way through the process. And so it seemed like a really good time to just start to question not what we do, but the way in which we were doing it and how we organized ourselves to do it. Yeah. And then you embarked on the journey of, okay, so 
how are we going to organize ourselves in what it is that we do um, and you consciously chose to do it in a, in a way where you, it was kind of unknown what the outcome would be tell us a bit about about that and why you cho chose to do that I chose to do that in part because I've typically had fairly strong opinions with a capital O about things <laughs> I think need to change. Um, and while I'm sometimes persuaded by others that the outcome that I'm aiming for may not be the right one or it might need some adjustment, I thought with something this sizable, it really did require a different kind of thinking um, and an open mind and more brains than I would bring to the table on my own or just with a small group of people as well. Uh, publishing has of this form has been around for centuries. There's a lot about it that has changed, um, but the pace of change has picked up so much mm. that it felt to me like it was really time to do a root and branch review, not just of how we were organized, but what it is we were doing and why we were doing it in certain ways as well and what that meant for the way that we had to organize ourselves. Yeah, makes sense. And um, what, what we're also curious about is um, to what extent were there specific areas in your operating model that you identified as actually a unique factor compared to the industry or the norms in the publishing industry? Yeah, there, there were really a couple of core things. So, so one of them is this strength that I've mentioned that we've had for a very long time, which is partnering with external organizations to mm. publish on their behalf. Um, these contracts for those who are outside publishing are pretty long lived. They're typically five years at a time. Some might be a bit shorter, some might be a bit longer. Uh, in some cases, we can be working with an organization that has a professional staff who look after areas of this publishing activity themselves as well. And we provide services to them that they don't have in-house. In other cases, we pretty much look after it as if it were our own firstborn child right through from conception mm. through to delivery and so on. Um, so this partnership ethos has always been really critical to us and really important and really central. And that wasn't going to change. We're, we're firmly committed to these external partnerships in the way that we publish and organize ourselves. But at the same time, we have this disruptive backdrop. And we had made a number of very deliberate moves over the course of the past five years, uh, which is a pretty short time frame in academic mm. publishing, which I think surprised a number of people in the industry that the organization I work for was taking some pretty seismic steps forward and that was because we could see the trajectory that the industry was taking or that some of our core stakeholder groups wanted to take we had partnered with them as well in a different kind of way we didn't always agree but we sat and listened to what they wanted and they were creating an awful lot of change not only for us but for the customers that we've been serving as well yeah. And so we needed to marry those two things together, that very core traditional ethos of service together with the highly disruptive changes we were experiencing. And that also meant that we needed a much more coherent and consistent operational underpinning to the whole as well. So there's a whole lot of swirl going on in the way in which we do things and why we were doing things. But the people we exist to serve are unchanged. Um, mm. So that was a big, a huge part of it. 
I think you also hit one of the challenges that uh, we encountered in that in that process when we were running workshops together, which was uh, this this sort of navigating or sort of balancing the the importance of what you describe with the partners and the customer facing side of things, mm-hmm. and marrying that up with um, with with what you can deliver from an operations perspective. Yeah. Um, so, so that was one of the challenge uh, challenges. Can you can you describe what other challenges came up, and how this process perhaps really helped um, mitigate those? Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the challenges I knew existed actually before we embarked on this process, and I, I think it's probably true of many many organisations. I knew it. I didn't quite know how it manifested itself and it came out quite clearly in some of our earlier sessions was the kind of silos that we'd got ourselves in people kind of working towards common goals no question about it but doing it in very specific ways that didn't necessarily meld together across the teams as effectively as it might have done and that's not because of any ill intent on anyone's part or any kind of selfish ways of working it's purely because everyone was so busy making sure that they were doing the best that they could in their own functions. Mm. What we found as we went through this process was that the concept, I think, that you introduced us to of not just chucking things over the fence, but Mm. making sure there are proper handoffs between the way we set ourselves up and the way that we see the whole, uh, it's not a process as such, but the whole value chain of what we do and how that becomes a continuum rather than separate phases was really important. So the, the kind of, theoretical side of it helped us a great deal and then in the process itself using workshops where we were able to mix people up outside of the normal teams that they would work in um, was really pivotal I remember overhearing someone from one team say to another group I know you always told us that you found this problematic and a real challenge for you but I didn't realize why until now and now I understand it and I can see exactly why that's been such a bone of contention for us. And, and that kind of step forward was really important because it got everyone in the room thinking that could be me listening to another group or that could yeah. be someone else telling me that same thing. And that made a very big difference to the way the whole organization tried to solve all, all the representatives in the room, tried to solve some of our common challenges, even if they were in a very different part of the organization. Yeah. And, and how is it to to lead your team to continuously you know put that energy in to show up to be prepared and to do the work because there was a lot of work needed to to do this not not just in terms of capacity but also being there present it is it is a lot of work um we are very lucky where i work in that people really do value the opportunity to do things differently or to do different and new things. So there was a lot of enthusiasm from people when they were asked to participate in this project in the first place. Uh, We traditionally also don't do this particular, haven't done in the past, this sort of very inclusive style of developing the way in which we're going to work and how we're going to deliver on it. So that felt I think to people who were invited to participate like a quite rewarding thing in and of its own right Mm. because it was new and it was different people showed up highly motivated very keen to participate very keen to learn 
uh, we, we live in quite an academic environment as well. So the kind of theoretical and the practical <laughs> really well for, for our groups. Um, the challenge came for us, and this was an internally imposed constraint, when we couldn't come in person as much yeah. as we liked and we had to get <laughs> to an online environment. And because we're global, that spent meant many people spending many hours in front of screens trying to wrestle with some really challenging topics. And that, that was on us. That wasn't on the process. Um, and that was a harder time to maintain not so much the focus. I think people were very focused on what they needed to do, but a little bit of the the um, the joy went out of the room. There was a lot of <laughs> yeah. fun in the process as well when we were able to get together. It was hard, hard work, yeah. um, but it was really fun. And there were very clear outcomes after every workshop as well. So people clearly felt each step of the way like we were making meaningful progress, and that was mm. super important. When you talk about the clear outcomes, that came out of that. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what the what the impact was of this process for your business? We've ended up with a more radical change than I anticipated at the outset. I genuinely mm. didn't have any preformed opinions as to what the outcome would be. Um, I had some thoughts and some perspectives. And now we're living in the new model. The changes that we've created are really quite substantial. And it wasn't radical change for the sake of it. This, this has very definitely been a, a highly thoughtful process uh, with an awful lot of data to back it, as well as creative thinking. Mm. And so the outcome, I am really confident, is, is where we need to, need to be headed. We're still bedding in. But but we're on the right path in my view. And that was a that was a big surprise to me that it was quite as radical as it as it was at the at the end of the mm. process. But it fits, you know, we've been on um on that pathway of continued emerging change. And we had several aha moments through the process where you really start to see it knitting together and you can kind of feel it as well, even if it's all on flip charts and post-it notes and, and <laughs> yeah. PowerPoints at the end. Yeah, I think I think you um you also highlighted one bit that is that's quite crucial, a crucial factor to make it successful, which is that you didn't have any predetermined solution. You you were I remember very well from the from the first conversations that you were completely open to jump into something not knowing what that would look like, uh, what what the process would look like, but equally what uh, what the outcome would look like, and and therefore what the impact would be on on your business. Um, so I think I think yeah, for me, for from OGM's perspective, that was just really uh, the right way to collaborate with as well. It was part of the joy of the process. Um, and I, I, I've mentioned this to you before, but when we were looking around for a partner to work with on, on this, uh, we, we interviewed a variety of different groups. And with some, not all, I felt like we would go through a process and come out of the process in the same form as a company that does something really very different to us would have come out of it. And I didn't get that impression with On The mm. Mark. And while I'm maybe had some preconceptions at the beginning it's, they certainly weren't fully formed 
and when I realized that what we would get here was about the process and really understanding the outcomes we wanted for the business and the drivers that would get us there and then you figure out how you're organized around that that just made a whole lot more sense to me you focused on what it really is that you need the the business to do and how you want people to feel about it and then the the consequences the shape of the organization rather than starting with that yeah no 100% um and and on that <clears throat> that process was also meant to to create commitment or to sort of um enable commitment from from people in the room to then go out in the organization and and lead those bits because they were part of the process and they've they've contributed in building that organization um can you talk a bit about what that did once otm left for the implementation yeah yeah absolutely so it helped a great deal so we had people who were able to sit in meetings with the the much broader team that we work with here and talk authentically about their own experience of having been in the room and about the changes that we went through and about the thought processes that we had where we knew we were 100% on the right track and where we still had some scope to think differently about how the precise endpoint or the the precise way in which certain things might work and i i genuinely think that having people being able to give their own perspective on it from experience as opposed to having read an FAQ is a much more valuable place place to be. Mm-hmm. It also means that we have now got those much tighter relationships across the different teams. You inevitably have to form teams and structures and, and have boundaries. But when people have been involved in a really intense process for you know a period over multiple months, working closely together, thinking about the future of the organization they work for and the people in it, all of the people in it. It's mm. a kind of really strong bonding experience. And we can see that the way that those teams interact with one another and those individuals who are involved in the process has been great. We didn't really, um, and this was accidental rather than deliberate, the people who became our implementation leads were not... I think with one exception embedded in the full process. Yeah. And what really impressed me was the way that those implementation leads actually really kind of took on board the process that we had been through, figured out how to help us um, move forward from the point that they got involved and really became a core part of the team as well. Every step of the way, as we included more people in the process, they kind of got absorbed into it very, very quickly. Yeah, I, yeah, totally. I echo that. 100%. Um it was a bit of a back and forth but I think I think that's the, I think that's just part of it because mm-hmm. um the advantage of of going with multiple people with a diagonal representation of your organization it just it, it requires more conversation it requires mm-hmm. more alignment it requires so much more time than if you sit with uh 5 to 10 people in a room yeah. um I mean you can figure it out in a day for example two days um but, yeah, but then, then what you what's end up the impact? moving pieces on a chessboard as opposed to yeah, exactly. figuring out whether you're playing chess or Monopoly or whatever. Exactly. It's not going to fundamentally change your organization, is it? Yeah, exactly. So um, how would you describe, if you focus on the behaviors, what was really important from, for example, leadership style uh, behaviors necessary to really drive and enable this redesign in this collaborative way? 
I think openness and transparency as as far mm-hmm. as you can be transparent. Certainly, you know, we didn't go out there on day one to all of the organization and say, guess what, we're going to change everything up and we're going to spend several months thinking about it. So leave us to get on with it for a while and we'll come <laughs> yeah. ready. Um, but you cannot be in a room with multiple people trying to walk, uh, work towards a common answer and kind of hold information in yourself that you're not willing to mm. share or divulge or whatever. You, you just kind of have to and should participate fully in the process, which is what I did and what my direct reports then and and now did as well. Both, both sets were involved. Um, so I think that's really important. It was really important that we shared what we were doing with other leaders responsible for different functional areas in the business that I work for as well so that we weren't just creating our own new environment and then yeah. suddenly we're not going to unleash it on people yeah. who had a vested interest in what we do and the way we work and vice versa. So including them uh, in some of our readouts was was pivotal as well. So again, it was about openness and about sharing. And the openness piece extends very much to going in with an open mind in the first place. I, I don't think this this would be a very time-consuming way to deliver a yeah. conceived opinion um, so, so that was absolutely essential yeah and um and how, how would you describe how is your business doing right now now that you've gone through this process a few months in the the implementation sort of transition planning is what you've been through as well steps in preparation for implementation um clear on what what you need from your leaders and your organization to pursue this where where are you now uh we are still in a stage where we're we're bedding in for sure and it's it's mixed um one of the the phrases i heard from someone in the team who wasn't directly involved in the project which i actually really liked this was from a couple of months ago was it feels it's something along the lines of it feels pretty messy right now and and a bit difficult, but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and mm. I think that when we get there, it's going to be good. Um, so we are we are well on the way. Uh, some people and some teams are further ahead than others, mm. as well as the changes that we needed to make internally. As I mentioned more than once, there's a lot of disruption in our industry, and we yeah. need to make some changes. Um, not just to the ways in which we work, but the systems, the processes, the workflows and the tools that we're dependent on as well. And some of those things have not gone at the same pace as our organizational design. So mm. I think we, to some degree, imagined ourselves or built ourselves for the future in which some of those processes are fully in motion and they are not yet. So we have a bit of pain around the fact that we've designed for a future we haven't yet reached. Mm. So we have to fix those things. Um, and we had set out originally with our implementation to say, we haven't solved everything. You know, we've designed 75, 80% of the way we're going to work. There's some white space. You know, everyone is empowered to help us figure out how we solve for that. There's probably a couple of areas in which we said, you know what, this, this isn't getting solved in the way that we had thought it might and that is probably because we've designed for a future we're not quite at yet and so therefore the leadership team needs to step in and figure out how to close this gap for the interim and and get rid of some of that pain but we can also see 
some really good new cross-team collaborations happening. Oh, amazing. People are operating in their different functions, their new functions, but driving to a common goal with either a common partner or a, a common uh, set of priorities in mind. So I can see that already. Um, our performance, I believe, is improving. There are some environmental and business factors to that as well. But uh, we've got much clearer accountabilities at the individual level. And while there isn't quite enough space yet to fully dial them all, um, I can see that for a lot of people, it's beginning to improve. Um, if anyone from the team is watching this, you know where the rub points are. Um, <laughs> we are we're working on some of those there will still be room for improvement after that. And that's where we want everyone to contribute. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, yeah, th th thanks for also just, again, this goes back to your previous point about being open, right? Mm -hmm. and, and being real and authentic about these things. Um, part of this process as well is that people get to, get to find out that there's a different way perhaps to collaborate and to problem solve as well. And, and, and develop these these problem solving skills yeah so um in a way they're prepared to deal with these things whatever it is coming from the environment or from within the organization that needs to be uh sorted out so i think that's uh yeah yeah that, that chucking it over the fence concept has really stuck with me and i i <laughs> i am seeing a lot less of it within our own team but i i also now spot it much more clearly when it's happening elsewhere yeah. and kind of <laughs> start to call people out on it maybe not using those precise words but you know pushing a little bit more than i might yeah and i think it's it's good um it needs to also be, be clear and it, things also need to be celebrated yeah um but also there needs to be some growth and, and learning and for that you need to be transparent otherwise no one will learn about it so yeah yeah um, yeah yeah makes sense what um based on your experience and everything you've shared uh what recommendation or advice would you would you offer other organizations or the business leaders considering their their operating model and how to go about it <laughs> go with the process right it, the the way i saw those workshops especially the earlier ones they were for us and i don't know if it's always the same typically three-day workshops and yeah. day one my mind was routinely blown it's like i don't know what is going on here it's fun but i have no idea where this is going day two things would start to make sense but i would genuinely have no idea at the beginning of day two of how we were going to progress through the things that were going to begin to make sense and day three we would get to some real solid outcomes every single time without fail mm -hmm. so for us that process really worked and even when you feel like you have no idea what's going on don't worry there, there genuinely is a plan <laughs> underneath it and I have every confidence that it will work um I think I've, I've mentioned it more than once the, the being open to mm. letting the process take you in places you may not have previously thought about or that maybe even run directly contrary to something that you were thinking about is really important um also very much no hierarchy in the room everyone has an equal voice everyone has an equal say how did you facilitate how did you um how did you facilitate that from from your role if that makes sense we uh, there was a couple of things so first of all one of the the very one of the very first sessions in the first workshop was what behaviors do we want to uh 
do we want to be a, a core part of these workshops going forward? Yeah. And that was a group exercise that everyone contributed to. And when we committed to those behaviors, we all committed to them equally. There were also times where uh, I didn't necessarily need to be in some of the specific conversations, but I just sat back and observed rather than tried to interfere. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a kind of fairly natural tendency to interfere. So that was a bit difficult, but just seeing <laughs> watching the way that the groups were interacting and what they were coming up with and then every now and again just asking a few questions here and there was really helpful we did not in any way that I recall ask for now we're going to present to you know this level of people or that level of yeah. person it was a collective effort right Everyone. from the beginning and it stayed that way yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. didn't go all the way into our organization and that was partly practical the number of people we could actually get together in a room at any one time and also because uh of the need to have people in the room who could represent a broad sort of spectrum of of activity or workflows yeah. or understanding of the business or whatever um we may have gone a little bit deeper and a little bit wider if we'd been I think we would have done if we hadn't been constrained to some more virtual sessions later in the process so I, I'm curious about what you would recommend someone who's listening who, for example, completely aligns to what everything you said, um, however, is not in the same position as yourself. Uh, so, but, but really wants to convince their leaders uh, that a collaborative way would be helpful for a sustainable operating model, if that makes sense. What, what recommendation do you have for, for those people? Um, it's an interesting question. I, one of the things I hadn't anticipated when we set out on the process was that I started out thinking we need an organization who can help us restructure and potentially think differently about the way we've traditionally restructured. Um, what we got very early on in our understanding of the process that OTM operates is you don't even think about structure until you've thought about the way in which you work and yeah. what your objectives are and what your goals and your priorities are. Mm. So I guess my recommendation would be the way in which this worked for us. And I, I was lucky I didn't have to do a big pitch to anyone about why it should be this way is that we focused on a process that followed what the business needed, the mm. way in which we thought we had to deliver on that and what the priorities were for us as an organization to be able to deliver it. And the organizational structure was a consequence of the business priorities as opposed to the organizational structure being the be all and end all. So mm. our priorities in terms of what we had to deliver for the business were right there from day one and guided a huge amount of the process. And then we adapted our organization to be able to deliver on that. So if it's business priorities, first and foremost, that was there. One of the business priorities was us, for us, was to be a really good place to work that offered people mm. really good career pathways and learning and development opportunities. We had three core pillars. That was, that was one of the three. Um, so a business priority doesn't have to be just about making money or, yeah, or whatever yeah. else or making more widgets it can be <laughs> about the people that that we're all here to serve as well and yeah that was it business yeah. outcomes first how we get there 
came as a consequence. Yeah, yeah. So shifting the conversation not to structure or shifting the conversation from structure to what what are we here to do for yeah, as so an organization? Outcomes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um as as a final question, um what is it that excites you about the future now that you've gone through this journey? Um yeah, what what excites you about the future of your organization? I think there are there are several things. One one of the things we did one of the things I did know early on was I didn't know where we needed to get to, but I did know that we were asking a large number of our people to try to do too much. Our world used to be much simpler. Um, and so we had people effectively managing the whole of a an individual product. And that was asking too much of most people. Um, they either weren't able to deliver on all of it because there just wasn't enough time in the day or because some issues were getting so complex, they were specializing in some of those and then you'd later find out something else would come and creep up behind you. So one of the things we've done is created teams that have real expertise in different areas of our business, um, which means the depth of what they can understand and the value that they bring to our organization, but also the organizations they work for, the individuals who publish their materials with us and so on, um, the, the value they add to that is, is immeasurable. But it also means they have to work together to be greater than the sum of the parts. Mm. And so I see a lot of scope for collaboration, but deep expertise at the same time. And that also offers scope for individuals to move around between teams as well. So we've created horizontal as well as vertical um, opportunities for career development and expanding on individual knowledge and so on. And I'm really looking forward to seeing that become a bigger part of our future. I'm looking forward to having clearer, more focused outcomes as well um, that are closely tied to the accountabilities and the expertise that the team is developing. And I'm looking forward, in fact, one of the very first meetings I had with one of our external partners um, just after we introduced the model was incredibly enthusiastic about the change we've had we've had you know some challenges as well to to be entirely transparent again but one of those very first ones was he could see what all the different members of that mm. group were bringing to the table and how it created real value to him as one of our partners and that was that was fantastic to hear especially yeah, amazing I want to hear some more of that. That's yeah. what I'd like. <laughs> but that's well. amazing because that's why you do this work to begin with, right? It is. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've got more authors publishing with us than amazing. we had before this process as well, which partly environmental factors, but partly as well, I think, because of the degree of focus that we're able yeah. to increasingly bring to our work as well. Even so, if it's just environmental, it's still like now you're set up we're set to up serve, to deal with it. Yeah, to serve manage them, it better. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Incredible. So many things to look forward to then. Indeed, there are many. Nice. Liz, it was such a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your journey, your story and, and the wisdoms. Um, yeah, really, really amazing to have collaborated thank, with you and you your for, team as well. Yeah, thank you for having me. The, honestly, the process was a pleasure. It was a huge amount of work, but it was... <laughs> so well worth it and I would do it again but I might give myself a year off it for now <laughs> yeah. it was good it was great fun thanks Liz it was great fun thank you <laughs> thank you for tuning in please subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast platform and tune in next time for another engaging conversation on everything operating model and org design take care